What's up, race fans, and welcome to another episode of the Pacino Report. This is the podcast that gets straight past the hype. I used to say we'd go straight up the inside of the hype, but after what happened last weekend in Moto3, I don't want to go up the inside of anybody. But we go past the around the outside. We don't do a nasty block pass. We do it like a gentleman around the outside of the hype to get you the goss, the news as to what's happening in the MotoGP paddock. So here we are, season 2021. It's episode 28. It's the Izan Guevara episode. Who's he? He's a young lad from Mallorca. Manuel loves him. He's a fantastic young rider. He's really, really good. Had his first race win this year in Circuit of the Americas. A little bit controversial after they had the restart, not restart. But he's he's got a win under his belt, and he's going to be going on to do big things in the Ed, 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 and, Stoos, sorry to interrupt you. you he go. was the main rival of Pedro Acosta in the, the, in the younger championship. So they have been rival, and I have to tell you something. Isan was the one who normally won the races. There you go. Ah. Pedro's primary, uh, yeah, primary uh, competitor. So yeah, as I think we've said before, so maybe with Pedro moving up next year, so we might see a bit more from from Isan next year. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen, for that. So there we go. So here we are. Yeah, episode twenty-eight. Um, so much happening at the penultimate round last weekend in the Algarve. What a beautiful circuit, the roller coaster. Um, we're not going to mess around. We're going to get straight into it. We've got, hi, Andra, how are you going? Hi, Manuel, how are yeah, you going? Hi. Yep, yep. It could be perfectly episode 37, episode yeah. 87, <laughs> episode uh, 40? 43, 43 <laughs> oh, or 53. I don't that remember. That could be episode 40. <laughs> <laughs> so much going on. I mean, first of all, let's talk about the quiet race. MotoGP wasn't that nice. Wasn't I fell nice. asleep through some of it. Plus, here in Australia, it was like stupid o'clock in the morning. So I was trying with all my might to stay awake. Exactly. Manuel, I ask you first of all, has Fabio Quadraro just checked out for the year? Is, does oh, he yes. not care Look, anymore? Yeah. Remember in our previous episode, we said that uh, Portugal could be a special race because everyone would race without pressure and that would Mm -hmm. give them freedom to be what they are or to show what they can do so we saw that uh fabio is already on on the code on holiday holiday. exactly (laughs) (laughs) alex marquez is wondering where his next contract is going to come from (laughs) exactly poor mark marquez is again Oh. Sitting on the on the on the bench, you say? Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, that's, that's the on... news for me for for Mario GP. Yeah, it's on the track. Yeah. It's, it's off the track, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah. So the three major, there were three competitors that we wanted to see. Maybe four. We wanted to see Peco, Quartararo, Mark racing together, and maybe yep. also a more relaxed John Mir. Two yeah. out of them. One was physically not there, and the other mm-hmm. one was mentally not there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Two out of three ain't bad. That's right. So yeah. it was so nice we, to we, see Suzuki get up there, though. Yeah, we but we saw Banyaya really unbeatable, big weekend. Remember the last five poles were his? Yep, he's dominating, isn't three, he? Three, I think two victories and one podium. So it's absolutely clear that uh, Peko has been, is the strongest rider at the end of the championship. Mm. Very clear. And that the Ducati is the best bike, the best bike also very clear. Yep. Remember, remember that there were four Ducatis in the five first positions on the grid. Mm-hmm. So uh, Peko was 
you know, unquestionable, a nice race, easy race. Mir tried to do something as we saw, but it lasts uh, two laps or three laps. Yeah. Then yeah. <laughs> he he got, he was gone. So yeah. not not much history in that race, apart yeah. from another I, nice I victory. Think in the, exactly. I think in the in the top three for that entire race uh, in the MotoGP race, out of those top three, there was like two or three overtakes for that for the entire race, and it was just like half a second gap, half a second gap. So yeah, it quite, wasn't really quite much boring. in it, was there? Yeah. And and the, the, the only battle we could have happened that was between Alex Marquez and Jack did not happen because the red flag uh, yeah. ruined ruined that that last uh, oh, chance hey. to see a fight. I know we joke because I messaged Stu and said, oh, Alex Marquez rides incredible when his brother's not there. Yes. And um, I think you made a joke about, yeah, like contracts coming up or whatever. But he seriously stands out when Mark is not on the track. He does. He rides differently. Would yeah, you agree, okay. Manuel? On, on Saturday, it was clear because when you, I had a look on the pace on the in the FP4, which is the race uh, most similar. Yeah, he was position seven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he looked pretty pretty good, and it well it it happened. And for me, it was interesting to see, as you said this first ever front row of Mir in MotoGP. It's crazy, isn't it? His first front row has come after he's been world champion. He's not even world champion anymore. He's been been dethroned and he's just now got his first front row start. Yeah. Yeah. And I was curious to see because we have seen him normally in the first part of the races, uh, catching up, uh, you know, uh, Mm. uh, overtaking riders. So I was curious to see how would he perform with nobody to overtake it in front of him? Yep. Mm-hmm. So he did what he had to do, but he was clearly inferior under Peko Banyaya performance. Sure. So yeah, it was yeah. there. Yeah, and, it, and it's not really a very good track for him to be in that position as well with the length of the straight at Portimao oh, yeah. as well. The Ducati just... <laughs> you know you know how much they, at the end of the straight they reach around 350 k's. 350 is too. That is nuts. That's faster than me and my mate's Mustang. (laughs) (laughs) Just thought I'd drop that one in there. Oh, sorry, sorry. (laughs) Indeed. It's all I can compare it to. Yeah, exactly. Just quickly, the the red flag. Um, What was Ika Lekawona thinking? What was what was going on there? He just he just tried to stuff it up the inside of Miguel, did he? At Miguel's home track. Yeah, Miguel is another of the disappointments of the weekend. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know exactly. Uh, remember, uh, uh, after the first race, we called it the Miguel Oliveira track, you mm. know, because he was so uh, he above the rest. Yeah, yep. so, but he completely disappeared. What happened to KTM this season has been uh, really to something to analyze because. Do you yep. remember, it is so long ago, but do you remember the races he did in Mugello? He made yes. second in Italy. He yep. won in, in Montmelo. He yep. won. He did a good race. And we all thought, wow. Here we go. And then sudden, suddenly, they vanished. Yep. So it's so we, really... I think I, we, I we, like we need to... to, we need to ha- yes, definitely. We, we need to have... I think we need to do a special and just talk about that. So have you got contacts in the KTM factory? Can you, can you, can you talk to those guys and do oh, some yeah, analysis? Yeah. I, I, because I am doing a special uh, feature about, I'm talking with all the 
chief engineers of the project and asking them how do they see MotoGP within five years. Yep. Cool. So in this conversation, I will uh, I have one chat with the KTM guy in Valencia. Mm -hmm. So I will ask him about this season as well. So yeah, nice, nice. You know, uh, just a little take of of what I have heard so far. Mm. They told me, look, what is impossible is that if every year we get three, four more horsepower. Within in five years, we are around 300 Ks, uh, horsepower. CV, yeah, yeah, horsepower. Yeah. So this is this cannot happen. Yes. So what he told me, not non-officially, is that uh, the factories will sit down and put a limit to the bike's performance. Ah, they right. need to. We've spoken before about how hard it is for the riders to keep up with the developments and the pressure on their bodies. Yeah, but the, even the engineers realize that it's getting too far. It's insane. It, it, is there, I mean, we heard Casey talking on the weekend as well about, um, about how far the electronics have come and what he thought about the control electronics. Is there a place rather than, I mean, they're developing engines, they're developing the mechanical systems. Is there an argument to say, okay, develop the mechanical systems as far as you can, but cut the electronics right back? Because then that applies another type of limitation because the electronics allow you to use all the power, don't they? Whereas if you cut a lot of those electronics, then yeah, you can have all the power in the world, but it comes ultimately down to the skill of the rider. Look, one thing pushes to the other. Basically, the, the aerodynamics came because of the straight of Mugello. Yeah. Remember in Mugello, the straight, at the end of the straight, there is kind of a, how do you say in English? Yeah, when the, a hump. It goes like a hump. And this made the bikes, basically, the, the front wheel, yeah. they went wheelie. So this was very dangerous. When they, remember, when they first put these uh, uh, wings, Mm. So the front didn't come up, but the rear lifted and the yeah. bike started to spin and the engines overreft at that point. Uh, you know? yeah. so, yep, yep, yep. so at the end, they, they used the, that to push a kind of a safety uh, uh, system, but mm -hmm. this has pushed them forward for, and every time everything is faster. Yeah. And electronics, it's a combination. Another thing that he he, I, I won't tell you who was it, explained to me about the future, was that he thinks that this uh, system that lowered the bikes mm -hmm. will be taken away. Oh, interesting. I like that. I, li I like the sound of that, definitely. Cool. Because he told me, look, he, again, this he told me. <laughs> this he told me that as the system cannot be hydraulic, yep, because it's forbidden. So it has been. It has to be mechanical. He said that that system mechanical is so primitive that for an engineer it's like ugly. You know. Ah, uh, right. Okay. Yep. So basically, they will. I think they will take this off. But the thing is to control. Uh, basically the performance. Yep. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Very interesting. And you've got more of these 
uh, conversations coming up with other engineers as well, do you, at the moment? Yeah, I have. I will have them with the six manufacturers. Cool. Nice. Very nice indeed. All right. Um, and yes, yeah, so, sorry. Regard, regarding, regarding this, the man you have behind you, Peco, Gigi Dalina, uh, the Italian super genius, mm -hmm. said after getting the constructor title, which Ducati got in this race, he <laughs> said, okay, yeah. this is very nice. It's a very, very nice, but what I want is the rider's contest, yeah, uh, title. He and does. he said, it's a shame because now we have the best rider and the best bike. And we mm -hmm. didn't get it. Oh, so he's, he's clearly putting all his cards on exactly. this Exactly. Gigi finally has pointed to his number one rider. Yep, Remember exactly. that at the start of the season, he had six riders to choose. Mm -hmm. yep. He gave four of them all the the same cards all the good stuff and this yep. guy and this guy behind you is the one who has pushed him up and say, uh, you know has reivindicated uh, yeah. the leader the leader position cool yeah indeed uh, andrew yeah go on oh obviously i didn't even say anything oh, oh sorry i thought, thought you said no something. no 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 my brain's going and i'm trying to not interrupt on where we're at with topics but i know there's been a lot of talk about casey stoner and he was there doing a bit of coaching with peco and jack and there's been word is it appropriate now to talk about the possibility of him coming in as a rider coach before we do yes i reckon definitely <laughs> we'll definitely talk about that before we but, do as as we're talking about ducati there's, there's 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 two things on exactly what you just said there before manuel um Yes, Ducati have just taken the Constructors' Championship. I don't really think that means anything, given that they've got six bikes on the grid. <laughs> it's, it's like an army against, you know, two kids in school, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, imagine being Suzuki up against Ducati and going, oh, let's win the Riders' cha or the, the Constructors' Championship. Never going to happen. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't really think yeah, that's, a, that's a big thing. Look, as you say, it has been like a coward uh, fight because exactly. it was six riders and the only one who hold Yamaha who were who were uh, the big contender of Ducati until last weekend was one rider so it yep. has been hmm. Quartararo against the whole Ducati army exactly that which is which is crazy and to think that it's even still been a close contest is is absolutely mm -hmm. insane um and the other the other thing for me is I noticed on the the team photo that, that they put on there, they didn't have one of the riders, Luca, Luca Marini, Luca Marini. Not there because he hadn't scored any points. They did. What kind of a team what? boss does? Yeah. What kind of a team boss doesn't let you in the, the end of year school photo <laughs> because you hadn't scored any points? I thought that was. Did pathetic. they say that? Um, Is that actually why he wasn't no, there? That, it That's your assumption. Yeah, yeah. But... Because look, the points for that championship work in the first rider in the grid is the yeah. one who gives the points to that championship. Exactly. This yeah. means uh, by, uh, Bastianini was there because mm -hmm. he was positioned in yep. Misano. And all the others in some races have been in the front. So that was the reason. It was maybe not very elegant no, yeah. to have just one rider out, but mm -hmm. This is how they did it. He and... wasn't in the toilet or something? Did they not realize he wasn't there? <laughs> he was holding the camera. Ah, that's what it was. <laughs> he was no, the... probably. That's quite a statement. Was... 
He was in the toilet after, not before. Yeah. When he crying, saw that yeah. photo. That's a bit. No, and I, I, I wanted to tell you about Yamaha. Mm. Look, as you know, it was uh, Quartararo's first crash in the season. Yes, that's right. Yep. First DNF, because mm -hmm. so far he had been the only riders in the three categories to finish all the races. Yep, Mr. Consistency. Okay, so by not finishing the race, Yamaha achieved in Portugal his worst result since, Stu, 1995. Really? Yes. What? <laughs> That's brilliant. Because Valentino finished 13th. Since 1995, Yamaha has never had as result as in Portugal. So yep. this, if we have criticized how dependent Honda is to Mark Marquez, yep. mm -hmm. it's much worse with Yamaha. Yamaha. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I had some notes to talk about exactly that. That's right. My last point about Ducati was, was saying that um, basically, for MotoGP, from for, for for the remaining race, the only thing that I am now looking at, top three places are locked in. Um, the only thing that's competitive for me is that Jack needs to stay in front of Johan Zarco to um, to to keep his spot in the World Championship. That's that's all I've got. That's all that's all I'll be looking at. Can we talk about Casey now? Yes, let's talk about Casey. Go for it. Coaching. Yeah, they're talking about Casey coaching. And I think there was a statement from Pecco and Jack saying they'd even take a pay cut to yeah subsidize it. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I can't wait to ask Manuel. Broccoli, broccoli have returned to the scene. Yeah, I thought was. I thought that was. It's broccoli time. Look, I have had a big discussion with my brother Giovanni Zamani. I know. I saw one... you two talking to Casey. I saw you asking a question, and then Giovanni oh, yeah. asking right, right after. So, well, hi, Giovanni. I have look. Giovanni is uh, admires Casey a lot, the same than I do. But look. I know that half of the world or three quarters of the world will be against my me. <laughs> but a rider who has retired 10 years ago mm -hmm. comes to the actual MotoGP and tells the guy, the top guy, the, the fastest rider in the field, how he has to ride. Yeah. I, I, come on. <laughs> you know, <laughs> What does this mean? That yeah, this what, yeah, guy what, what are... value can he give? No, no. And what means that Banyaya, being a challenger to the championship, has to learn from a guy who has retired 10 years ago, yeah. who, okay, was a top. But things have changed so much. He has to get advices. Mm. He's supposed to be the next world champion. Get advice from a guy who has retired 10 years ago. Bo. Yeah, but exactly, exactly. Yeah, good now. Yeah. But on the other side, Giovanni's, uh, Giovanni's uh, argumentos, no, because he sees things that others don't see. He can, he know, he can, but Casey was giving advices on a track he had never raced and he had yeah. never seen before arriving the previous day. Mm -hmm. So I know that probably others have another idea, but for me, this is like, hang on, are yeah. the actual riders so weak or so bad or so slow that uh, ten, uh, you know, a rider 10 years ago has to tell them how to do a corner, how to accelerate? Yep. And there's, there's word that Casey's also going to be going to Valencia as well and continuing to, to coach. 
the uh, the Ducati riders in Valencia as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, I don't know, obviously there is a lot of marketing in this as well. You can imagine, yeah. you no? Know? Yeah, if yeah. Ducati, because uh, obviously uh, Casey has been brought to Europe by Ducati, basically. That was going to be my question. Why was it? Because I know at the moment we're not necessarily open to travel. So I was like, oh, how is he there? How did he get there? What was the purpose? He, he, he lives in Monaco, doesn't he? Oh, does he? Yeah. No, no, I thought no, he no, came no, back no. here he... to go fishing. Oh, no, he, he was in, in Australia. Australia. Okay, but he said he said there he said to us that Australia has opened the traveling. No, for, for, sort of. It's it's open. <laughs> Depends few, who you are. Yeah, yeah. It's opened a few states, um, uh-huh. yeah, and you can you can go out certain circumstances. Let's not get it, into this. Oh, it's very great. It's all, it's all very depressing. <laughs> it's a bit where, of a shit yeah, idea. Where I am in in uh, in Queensland, we're still locked down. We don't think we're going to uh, stop being locked down in the state until after Christmas. We've cancelled our so trip to another state. Down. We've we have zero cases here in South Australia, and we've cancelled our trip to Western Australia because we have to have all these tests done, and the borders are, and yeah. we don't even have any cases, so we're not going yeah. anywhere. It's ridiculous. I'm coming to Europe here. Anywhere. Here, yeah. here in Europe, life is basically normal. Yeah, we'll yeah, catch up. One. That's what we do. We'll catch up in like five years. Yeah, we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Indeed. And yeah, the so- US. The US have opened the borders. They, oh, for them, yep. we the are US now is... completely free to go there again. Yep. yep. Just come I've here. Been... It's like the convict days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now I've been I've been seeing all of my uh yeah, work acquaintances and colleagues from Europe and the US tweeting and LinkedIn. Dancing, uh, drinking. We're here yeah, with Mark. going to all these conferences and Manuel... meeting each other. And I'm going to... <laughs> here in South Australia, I don't know what it's like in Queensland, Stu, but we are not even allowed to stand and drink an alcoholic beverage because no, apparently it might pass the COVID that we don't have here. That's right. Yep, exactly. Yeah, there's rules around. You can't stand and drink and dance in nightclubs and this. No, singing. Singing, no singing, spread, no singing. singing spreads COVID. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it spreads it indeed. Anyway, yeah. well, it's, anyway, okay. enough of that. Yeah. So Casey. <laughs> so yeah, realistically, I mean, I I don't think there's 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 much credence to this thing about him him coaching. I I think it's a bit of a media beat up. But um, it was interesting to see him in the paddock and to see he's going to Valencia. That um, that press conference that you were at there, Manuel, that he gave. I thought it was some good insights into basically what he's been doing for the last ten years, and it was really quite shocking to see how much his life has been affected by this chronic fatigue syndrome. Has it been oh, 10 God. years since he stopped it's riding? 10 years, 2011, after he won the world championship, he, uh, on, on the Honda, he retired straight away because he was having these mystery mm. illnesses mm-hmm. and problems and he'd lost motivation mm-hmm. and he couldn't handle all the media commitments. Um, but yeah, just to hear now that day to day, his struggle is to maintain the energy. That was quite shocking. You were there, it's Manuel. What did you say? Yeah, yeah. It was when he... We knew that he had he he had gone through some issues, but it's chronical, as you say. It's something that is there. He has to uh, he had to to learn how to manage it and deal mm-hmm. with it. But he's sixty percent. He said, I think about yeah. his normal energy, and yeah. he has to uh, manage it through the day. So yep. he, you know, yep. Otherwise, he just got Incredible. no energy, and he has to go and sleep, and he can't move, and so crazy. They crazy. don't know what it is. It's just. No, Some kind of chronic just, fatigue. Exactly. It's just a, a, a chronic fatigue syndrome. Yeah, that's it. So nuts. Anyway, yeah, so so that's MotoGP. Yes, like, so like I said, for me, the things to look for in, in the final race of the season, Jack needs to stay in front of Johan Zarco to, to retain that position in the championship. And interestingly, Brad Bender needs to score a point. He needs to finish in the top 10. If he, if he finishes in the top 10 and scores a point, 
that he finishes in the world championship ahead of Mark Marquez. <laughs> so that's going to be a big one. I think that's going to yeah. be a big one for him as well. So, hey, segue Sam says, let's talk about Mark Marquez. What is going on? Uh, diplopsy or diplopsy or whatever it is in his eye from 2011 when he had the uh, the, the injury. Oh, is, is that from uh, from the concussion, from banging things loose, you think, Manuel? Okay. Or what's going on? Once again, once again, HRC way of handling the communication mm. is as bad as good they are in technology. So <laughs> horrendous, horrendous. <laughs> you know, once again, they have learned nothing about communication, nothing. Wow. Because look, uh, after what all what happened with his arm, his shoulder. I thought they had learned something how to manage the situation, but mm -hmm. no, something happened. And then there comes out a press release, HRC in the top. They said he has had three days uh, ago uh, accident with a light concussion. And the yeah. doctors have told him not to write. No inform, no uh, Doctors, uh, how do you say? Informe, no? Info, how do you say? Information, no uh, like certificate or... A... Certificate, because mm -hmm. they just let it like this. Mm -hmm. It would, it, The normal is that a doctor would have said something what he really has and so on, but mm -hmm. nothing. Yeah, we've an official report, yeah. Exactly. Or, uh, that Instead, lockdown. So what does this happen? a lot of speculations. They opened the door to rumors, hypotheses, speculation. Yeah, yeah. Was it the head? Was it the arm? Was it the mm. shoulder? The, the journalist who is closer to the Marquez family, he spoke about a very harsh impact in his head while okay. the press release said a light, light concussion. Concussion. Okay. I'll, uh, this and here, nobody spoke anything. And I tell you something that is incredible. In these days, suddenly I heard from somebody that Shoei, that is Mark Marquez helmet brand, mm -hmm. phoned to Mark Marquez environment and said, okay, send us the helmet because we want to analyze. Looks right. too. Looks okay, too. yeah. I had never thought about this, but it's logical. Send us the helmet because as you are talking about head concussion, mm -hmm. everybody knows that we are Mark Marcus mm -hmm. helmet. Yep. Our, we need to know why our helmet didn't has work not or didn't... done mm -hmm. the work. I can see where this is going. Go on. Uh, that person that was called said, Como? Sorry? He said, yes, yes. <laughs> Our name is now in, mm -hmm. inter, under inter, in, in interrogation marks. Yes. In question yeah. marks. Yep. He said, no, I'm not going, I'm not going to send the helmet. The show people, Como? Sorry? No, no. Big argue, big argue. No helmet. Yep. So, that that can mean two things. One, he wasn't wearing a showy helmet. Oh, that's what I was going to say. He's not wearing a showy helmet. I'll bet you he was wearing a Nolan or something. I look, look, my thing. I said two. I one, two. 
was not on purpose, I swear. I was going to call Manuel's on now. Manuel's a gentleman. He's two. not meaning to flip the page to everybody. And number two, there has been no uh, head. Exactly. Well, when we were yeah. talking about him having more further surgery on his shoulder or arm before the end of the season. Okay, but look, hang on. But this opens, obviously... All the rumor, all the rumors, all the rumors. So uh, a journalist, a, a bastard journalist called Manuel Pesino. Oh, I've heard about wrote, him. Oh, don't trust wrote, that guy. <laughs> wrote on a, the most popular sport newspaper. Basically, this, that's all sport. Basically, this saying <laughs> that it was a disaster. It was not okay. It was they had to do something. They have learned nothing. They are the ones who feed the rumors and all the comments fair comments yep and i knew that last monday there was supposed to be a doctor check to see Uh, how things were going yep yep so i knew that the this press release would come out on tuesday okay yep and i knew on sunday what was going to be written on that press release because everything was already decided right and it was decided in almost immediately as he crashed hmm. so everything's to violins and lies and hiding things so yeah. everything so then this on tuesday this press release came out opa Suddenly, there was a doctor, an official doctor statement. <laughs> ah, another thing I pointed is that as suddenly Mark Marquez disappeared from the social media, yes, yeah, something uh, important was happening because Marquez always uh, posts a photo, posts something. So when he had that crash, he suddenly disappeared. Mm. So I I wrote that. Oh oh. All this opens because if it was something light and I was Mark Marquez, mm. I would do a video saying, hey, guys, well, I have not been able to be there, but mm-hmm. don't worry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So something was happening. And the other yeah. idiots from HRC just, you know, <laughs> well, he had us again. And then they forced his brother because obviously what did we do? We went to his brother who lives with him mm-hmm. every day, wakes up with him and ask him, Alex, what happened? And his brother, obviously, poor Alex had to say, I don't know. That day I was in the gym. <laughs> <laughs> that day so I was cool. invisible. Yeah. So, and, and then, well, and how is your brother? Well, as you know, he had a light head concussion. So wow. everything was so vague. And everything was so clearly not true. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. He had a light head concussion that has miraculously a week later dislodged yeah, a nerve in his eye. And I wrote also because I said, look, I'm not saying, no, I suppose that HRC doesn't lie because on the first statement, there was the logo of HRC. And mm-hmm. I said, I can imagine HRC lying. And I'm saying, I'm not saying that they lie, but there is another term called tell half truth. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
yeah. you know, because say that somebody like HRC is lying is harsh and for HRC it would be, I, I wouldn't believe that. So yeah. I said, okay, they, they don't lie, but they are telling half the truth. And yeah. this half truth, uh, this half truth take you to, to, to suppose things in, instead of knowing things. Well, Tuesday comes out, the press release, bang, there we are. <laughs> the truth comes out. Finally, the doctor's statement, Mark Mark is sending a text on the social media. Did you see? Yep. Exactly. Yep. Hold on. Well, I had and that then, as another background. I was going to bring it up. Yeah. So it was so easy. They could have done this the first yeah. time. Okay. Then they have this, uh, he has this problem of this strange word. You have said it before, the law. Diplopsy. The, uh, yeah, that, yeah, that one. Yeah. I can't say it either, Manuel. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. It's that is weird. basically that he sees double. Okay. I yeah. spoke with a doctor and he sees, look, he told me very quickly, the, uh, every eye has basically four muscles behind that moves the eye. Four. Mm -hmm. And these four muscles uh, focus at the same point, so you see just one image. If one of these muscles is hurt, then the the uh, the eyes are not looking. One eye is not looking in the right direction. You yep. know what I mean? They are not focusing on the same point, mm. and therefore is why you see double. Yep. So this has happened. This happened to him before when he was a Moto Two rider. So 2011. 2011. Yeah. Yeah. And if you uh, read his biography he says that these were the hardest moment of his life because he didn't know whether he would race again and he mm -hmm. says that he was many times he was complaining to his mother crying with his mother about his situation in 2011. Mm -hmm. then fortunately, 10 years later. fortunately he was he went under surgery and because the doctors told him you have to stay absolutely still for 30 days yeah god even i couldn't do that <laughs> but don't move your eyes the, the, no and they told him this from the first very first moment 30 days in 30 days if it does not get fixed by itself returns to normal then they have to think again to <whistles> make surgery in his eye yeah fun fun this is the situation and then Look, I was thinking all about the situation and look, look how it looks like to Andra. Alex, no, Alex, no. Mark is in the championship already for 13 years <laughs> in the world championship. 13, one, three. Yeah. His age is 28, right? Mm -hmm. So he has been half of his life in the championship and we all know half of his life getting bang bang because yep. we know how it is mm -hmm. you know can you imagine how many hits he got in his mm. head in these 13 years oh yeah it'll so, be like I, a like a boxer or a football player yeah gonna, exactamente, yeah. Yep. exactamente so i have to uh, track down because there are numbers how many times he crashed remember in 2015 he crashed 25 times in a in a year that's so, right yeah Put this in 30 years. Mm -hmm. In Moto2, he had that uh, problem that he had this vision problem. Mm -hmm. in, when he was in 125, he broke his leg. I remember perfectly as well. So yep. he has ever, he always have raced like this. And his body has been uh, damaged so many times yeah. that 
there is a point where the body says, okay, mm-hmm. enough. Yeah. <laughs> At 28, exactly. too. It's not even, he's got a whole life. 28, 13 years getting banked, all one weekend yes and one weekend no. No, he's got a whole and, life ahead of him. He needs and, to. And yeah. another thing, remember, which has been, I can't remember, the last winter in which he has not had to recover from a surgeon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. A, one <laughs> shoulder, left shoulder, other shoulder, the yep. feet, the bab. So there has been no no one winter in the last five or six years where he has just relaxed. Mm. That's it. You know? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I Realistically, yes, he's going to come back next year. Uh, yes, he'll compete very, very hard next year uh, and he'll be up there. But really, I, I see him as being maybe another two or three years and then his body just going, yeah, no more, no more. That's That's, that's just my opinion. Yeah, yeah, he has a contract until I think twenty twenty four or something like this. But yeah. but the thing is that we don't realize. But he has been here around such for a, such a long time, and remember, it seems that it has been yesterday when we spoke about the rookie uh, beating all the. Yeah, uh, records of young, you know, the uh-huh. precocidad. How do you say precocidad? All the records of young riders. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The youngest to win a championship, the youngest exactly, to do a yeah. pole. The young, and it seems that it has been. And now here he is, twenty-eight years old. Yeah. And it was in twenty. It was seven years ago. Seven years ago. But so keeping Valentino Rossi out of this equation, what what is the general career life for a rider? In the past, they what I've seen, yeah, around about thirty, early thirties, realistically. Yeah, well, well, oh, no, mm-hmm. but in, in, when the Americans, Rainey and Duhan, they, they started to win when they were 28, 29. Yep. Okay. The problem is now they start when they are 16. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, when yeah, they yeah. get to 30, they have been around for 14 years. Yeah. So is it about That's... age or is it about how long they're in the game for? I think it's about how long they are. Mm. And look, Casey, Casey retired so young mm. because he was simply burned. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Let's, uh, let's, t- let's talk about something else. Let's talk about Motor this guy killer. and this guy. Shit. I thought Remy was going to stack it. I was like, nah, he's. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, didn't think he was... I did not think he was going to do it. Neither did I. I... <laughs> like, talk, about, talk about a mature ride. I was going back and I was looking at Remy Gardner from last year on the mm-hmm. 1XOX bike. And he had the one win at the end of the year at, at, at Portugal, and he had one or two podiums hey, before true. that. Yeah. Yep, that was his first his first win. Um, and before that, we were saying that, yes, he'll, you know, he'll be okay in the future. He's not bad, or we're not sure if he's actually that good or not because we couldn't see the potential. Mm-hmm. But, oh, my God, how much, how much has he matured and developed? That ride last weekend, he just, he just owned the entire field and the pressure he had on him was phenomenal yep even the week before let alone that week but yeah exactly yeah in in misano in misano you could feel that he had um 
weakened under pressure in Misano. Yes. Yep. Yes. yep. Yep. So here he has grown. Look, when when I saw Metzeki overtaking him, I said, wow, he is really trembling on the bike. But then yep. bang, he took yep. out the Aussie spirit, his father's spirit. That's his father's yep. crazy the gardener spirit. The gardener spirit, because Wayne has been the bravest rider I have ever seen on a bike. And then he went back, back and and he massacred uh, the twenty five mm -hmm. mentality when he got over. You know, yeah, he really. And did. on a side note, for Raul rookie, he he again he rode in. Uh, it's been such a oh. obviously our hearts with Remy because we're Australian, but seeing Raul ride like he did as well, and he kept it together and I could tell how nervous he was before they went out. He was a bit yeah. shaky and a bit. You talk about mature riders, oh like you know, about young riders, like Manuel, you were saying about how young these guys come onto these, these large bikes. Now, Raul, for a, for a young guy, for a rookie, that was so much maturity. He, he spotted that. Yes. He had the soft tire. It started going off. He didn't try to push it too hard. He could quite easily have done what he did. Um, in was it in was it Misano? Misano, sorry, yeah, mm -hmm. and and he could have just come off chase chasing him realistically, but no, he stayed on the bike, very very mature. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but uh, sincerely, that was the same way that uh, Raúl threw away the championship in Misano. Mm -hmm. After the race in in Portugal, I think nobody can question Remy's world title okay there are still two points he has to do but only a disaster or really bad luck there are yep, yep. 25 points in the game and he has 23 yep. so after that race everybody has a recognition to Remy Gart you know? yeah mm -hmm. exactly and then look the, hey we understand yeah the job's not done yet um you know stranger things have happened in you know in in world championship racing and so we're not counting any chickens before they've hatched but realistically yeah he is so close to that to that world title now. It's um, it, it's crazy, and and it's so good because the I did a statistic the other day in Portugal, and between Spaniards and Italians, they have sixty percent of the grid. Sixty? Ah. No. Well, yes, sixty percent mm. of the grid in all categories, right? Yeah. Yep. Moto three, moto two, and yep. this year we have a French. World champion, we will have touch wood and Aussie world champion Aussie world and Spanish. Mm -hmm. yes. So that's fantastic, you know, for the sport. The yeah. diversity is still there. That's exactly right. Yeah. And uh, some of the other guys coming through as well. Like we saw Cameron Bobia have a really good ride as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I imagine how is the atmosphere in uh, Australia with, with this chance? Because uh, you don't win a championship. I don't think anyone who watches MotoGP. It's disgusting. No? Like, honest, honestly, um, Manuel, you would be so disappointed. We had the um, the Mexico F1 race on last weekend as well, and Daniel Ricciardo um, crashed into somebody on the first lap and ended up finishing <laughs> eighth, ninth, tenth, or something. Um, and he got all of the sports news airtime, and this guy didn't get any whatsoever. You didn't even even hear anything Nothing. about it. It's disgusting. It really is. Wow. It's terrible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I did see Jack Miller briefly on the TV for I was at the gym and went, wait, there's MotoGP, and then it was gone. Right. They just it's not on our radar here. Yeah. It's really you know, sad. You know that the, the country where 
Wayne is a hero, but Wayne Gardner, an absolute hero, is in Japan. Oh yeah, because oh, he punched because yeah. he punched someone because he because because he, <laughs> he goes to jail. That's right. <laughs> Why? Why do they love him so much? They do because, because he, did, he has still, uh, he re- uh, endurance racing. Uh, yeah, the eight, Suzuka Eight Hours, okay. the race where we are going to meet next year. Yes, uh, <laughs> he has won that so many times and always in big Gardner style, you know. Yeah, pushing and crushing and whatever. So in yep. in in Japan, he is a really big hero between the the racing fans. Yeah, and because he's been so loyal to Honda as well, a Japanese brand yeah. over the years, he's been a massive ambassador for them over in in japan as well for for the for uh yeah years and years and years indeed yeah so moto 2 absolutely fantastic um yeah as we as we saw yeah marco bedzeki again um like next next year's got to be huge for for bedzeki right he's, he's got to do something you've got to think exactly ed and what do you think about dijan antonio racing in MotoGP? dijan antonio i'm Bedzecki. so just, no no, you know, why? 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 it all came about so quickly, didn't it? Was it to do with his contract? But it... it's mm. no, we, we don't need it. We, we don't need that sort of stuff. It's seriously, you're going to have Digi you, you Antonio and those guys, you're going to have Darren Bender and MotoGP. It's just going to be dangerous. It's going to be like Moto3 down the back half of the grid is just going to be dangerous in MotoGP next year. It's not, it's not going to be good. No, it's a, it's a shame because the level. They push the level down with this. Yes, these exactly. Type of riders. Exactly. They yeah. do. They do. That's right. So because, right. because for example, Iker Lekwona, look, after what he has shown in the second part, he dis- he will be faster than the Gian Antonio mm-hmm. and yep. than Metzeki for sure. For yep. sure. You know, you have to give uh, some time to grow, but at mm. the end, politics are very important nowadays. Yeah, clearly, yeah, more more important than anything. So yeah, it's like I say, it's 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 very disappointing. Um, but it's too late. We can't we can't do anything about it now. So let's just see what happens at the back of the grid. I'd I'd hate to be one of those top class riders that just has a has a bad qualifying or something happens and they have to start from down the back of the grid somewhere. That that's not that's not going to be good next year. The first race is because they have to get used to these 280 horsepower bikes. Yep. To, so the first race is for these uh, very rookies because there are rookies mm-hmm. and there are the yep. very rookies. Yep. Because I can imagine that they, these two guys you have behind you, they they have potential at least. Mm-hmm. You know, They show that they have potential. But yep. others, they, they show that they are not ready to go, but they are pushed up. So yeah. we will see Exactly. Hey, yeah, that's we, exactly right. we have to talk about. Yes, we do. Dun, that guy. Dun, dun. Oh, let, let, let me be a little bit uh, posh with the Spanish. <laughs> you know, the last time Spain has not won one title in the championship. Oh, years ago. No, no, no. 2009. Since then, we have every year won at least one. At least one two. of the categories. Wow. Yes. And well, we like continue you, like you with said, these guys. Oh, yeah. 60% of the grid is, Ita- is Italian or Spanish. And I think out of that 60%, probably most of those are, are Spanish as well. There's, there's more Spaniards than Italians. So it's, it's just it's a credit to what things like Red Bull rookies and 
um, you know, to what Dorna are doing in, in Spain with, with growing the sport as well. People like Pedro Acosta coming through. Pedro is absolutely Look, amazing. If if somebody, uh, Andra, if you want to see something, what racing is, Look at the two laps, two last laps of Pedro Acosta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Look, I have seen 450 races in my life. No, Grand Prix. Multiply by three. This is about one, 1,300 races. Yeah. Live. Mm. That two laps, my friend, you know, heads yeah. off. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Incredible. That was was crazy. I mean, look, not like, you know, completely discount the the, the Binder Foggia thing. The the entire race, what he was doing, was he toying with Foggia? Like, seriously? He, He overtook him. He started clearing off. And then he looked over his shoulder and let everybody go by again so he could go and overtake him again. <laughs> I don't know. I don't has, know. But the shark. It was like a cat like, in the mouse. Yeah, playing with his food. It was incredible. The shame that we didn't see that last uh, sprint yeah. between those two because it would have been nice to see them sprint mm-hmm. at the end. Yeah. But okay, he has been more than deserved world champion. He mm-hmm. is more than deserved world champion. I asked the a former world champion. What does he do different than mm-hmm. the others? Because, mm-hmm. you know, riders see things that we won't see even if we keep on watching for 10 hours. Completely. Yeah. That's so, why I love listening to Simon Crayfar. He, he gives us some amazing insights. So I asked this rider, I said, hey, what makes Pedro so different? And he looked at me and said, it's very simple, like more or less. He, he, he missed to call me, you're idiot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he Idiota. said, it's very simple. Very Idiota. Simple. He's fast. Imbecile. He said to me, no, he does less meter than the others. Uh, Even I've noticed every core, I think we've spoken before to, I really noticed now maybe I'm starting to learn and pick up more, but the way he hugs the corners and he, he just rides with such efficiency and... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You said it. Look, because they explained to me, look, the lines in Moto3 normally are what lines for the riders to keep the corner speed because they don't have acceleration to the exit. So they have to, if they want to speed exit in the corner, they need the speed through the corner, right? Like that. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Like Darren Binder going through the corner. Look, look where he turns the bike. Yeah. Yeah. The others would do it like this. Exactly. So yeah. What, what and even does, even even without what's going on out here, these guys are already taking a wider line out here, and he's and you know cost a, a cost is all the way over here. Yeah. Yeah. So for yeah, those listening, what, not watching, there's just a picture of the incident with Darren Binder, which I'm sure we'll get to. But you can see Acosta is hugging the line pretty much, and the rest of the riders are had to go wide to make it through the corner. Yep. Yes, because what he does normally he rides between uh, behind the others. Okay. He does mm-hmm. the normal lines, Moto3. But when he needs to do a move, then he suddenly cuts the... Co- he goes straight to the apex. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, then the problem is that if you go to the apex, you have to turn and your acceleration is less than it's- the ones who are doing the wide line. But exactly, he manages yeah. he manages to go out with the same acceleration that the others. 
Mm. So we all can see do see this, but only he can do that. Yeah, you understand? Because the other riders could say, "Okay, I'll do the same." No, they can't yeah. because they don't have the technique. Exactly. <laughs> as exactly. simple as that. For another thing that he does very well, he sees uh, how do you say huecos? Um, he sees places to overtake. Mm -hmm. that the others don't see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. And he does he, it without pushing anybody out. So because he's a clean rider, both. He's Foggia very, is well clean very rider. clean rider, yeah. So that's what makes him special, mm. you know, because he has a vision of the race and, and, and the point or how, okay, here is a moment to overtake. Now I move, what, which the others don't do. And this being a rookie, He's so mature and strategic. No experience. No experience, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's natural riding. Exactly. Give him a year in Moto2. Imagine what he's going to be like after that year in Moto2 when he goes up to MotoGP. It's, it's, it's going to be quite scary. In, in Moto2, the situation will be interesting. I'm, I'm really looking forward because when he arrived in, in Moto3, remember that he has raced with these bikes the last two years. Mm -hmm. In the Spanish Championship, in the Rookies Cup, so he knew perfectly these bikes. Yeah. Because, okay, they are a little bit uh, more powerful, but he knows how the bike reacts. He knows how to, how to do to brake late. But now he's switching on a bike mm -hmm. he has never ridden before. So it will mm -hmm. be from scratch. Yeah. But it's I think we said before too, he's a bit bigger than the other guys and he's taller and he's... Yeah, and, and look, we Depends compare Remy Garner and uh, Raul Fernandez. It has taken a lot for Remy get where he got in Moto2. Yeah. While Raul immediately mm -hmm. understood yep. that bike. Doop, 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 straight through, yep. So are we going to see uh, Pedro Acosta struggling first to get used to the bike and mm. or will we see a new Raul Fernandez? Yeah. That's 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 going to yeah that's going to be one of the really interesting things for 2022, isn't it? In Moto2, yeah, there will be very interesting situation, and his teammate <clears throat> will be Augusto Fernandez. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yep. again, who, who is a very mature rider uh -huh. and who is supposed to go out for the championship straight because that's why he went to the Akiyajo team. Yeah, so, exactly. I um I want this championship to finish and start the other one as soon as possible. <laughs> We're already talking yeah, about yeah. next year, indeed. So what about what about Dennis? What about poor old Dennis Foggia? I mean, he's as by his own words, he's he's saying that he's been the better rider for the second half of the year, you know. And and if you if you have a look at the points differential, uh, you know, five six races in, we were all saying that's it, shut the gate, 2021 is over. Um, you know, it was 80 points or something was the, was the gap between first and second in the Moto3 World Championship. For, for Foggia to get it so close, um, you know, it, he's, he's clearly, you know, scored a lot more points than, um, than Pedro has in the second half of the year. How do you think he's going to be feeling next year as well? Look, this is another thing I have been thinking about. Remember, look how many difference Pedro Acosta we have seen this season. Remember the fresh 
mm-hmm. Pedro Acosta we saw when he arrived. You know, yeah. it, for him it was funny. He was new. He went to every race to have fun. And I have won. Then suddenly he gets a gap. And I am sure that suddenly people start to talk. Hey, now you have to manage Settle this down. gap. And then he started not to be this fresh guy anymore. Mm-hmm. He started to be a challenger to the championship, probably surrounded by adults who were telling him, take care. No, no, no. So it was not him anymore. Could yeah. have start, so started run that race, a- run that race from starting from pit lane. I think that's when yeah. everyone went, holy crap. Yeah, but then he won, I think, two or three in a row or three yeah. or four. But this is when he just went out to race and to have fun. Exactly. Mm-hmm. When suddenly he turned into the favorite and everybody was looking at him, he did. He lost that spontaneity. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? Exactly. Yep. Spontaneity. Yep. And then the last Pedro Acosta we saw in Portugal. In my point of view, we saw a rider who said, okay, I go out and do my job. But it was not with the freshness of the beginning, but with the nerves of a rider who had to take a decision. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Nerves of steel as well, realistically. Because don't forget, he's 16. I know. Yeah. Or 17. Just 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 that. It's crazy. He doesn't look, he doesn't have to shave in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) He's not old enough to drink. (laughs) Exactly. So obviously we look at them but as grown up, but they are kids. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. When they finish, when they finish. Actually, I was thinking the the girls, the girls they look after. Are girls that are, they are not even women? Yeah, yeah. I've got a son the same age as him. We can't even get the bus to school on time. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been doing with your life, Andrew? Why haven't you raised a child like this one? Come on, it's all oh, your fault. He needs to sort of shit out. Unbelievable, it's phenomenal. So let's let's talk about let's talk about Darren Binder. Like realistically, mm. Darren's a friend of the show. We've spoken to him before. Um, yes, he's there's no arguing that he's a talented rider. But you talk to some of the guys around the paddock and they all say, yeah, these things happen. Darren's normally involved. He's got the nickname Dive Bomb Darren for a reason. Um, <laughs> and here, here he goes again. Is he... Look, one, I think we, we said beforehand, like, what, why is he and, and even... Who, who was that? I can't see who that was. Was that... Is that Garcia. Oh, that's Sergio right, yeah, Garcia. Garcia. Yeah, yeah, yeah Garcia. Those guys should be nowhere near Pedro Acosta and Dennis Foggia. Realistically, as you've said, Manuel, there is, is no that a riding rule. etiquette that you just don't. You do, yeah, you do. If those guys are racing for the championship, stay away from them. Let them go off and do well, their Darren thing. Darren is. Look, he's way at the back behind them. <laughs> oh, he's all over there. What are they even doing there in the first place? And if he's going to be there, surely have the common sense not to try and stuff it up the inside of one of them and completely ruin his year. But now I want, I want, I want to hear Manuel's view on this because I know because I got ovaries and everything I go. And because we know Darren, I go, Oh, he didn't. And obviously no one means nobody intentionally causes those situations. So I was trying to look at it. Is it no, subjectively or objectively to see, I was trying to watch the racing line. I was trying to see, and you know, my first opinion was that Foggia actually went a bit wide and slowed down a bit. So I was like, did he did, Darren have nowhere Costa to go? Because had just gone up the inside of him. 
but did he like you say maybe they shouldn't have been that close to each other but I don't know. <laughs> in, in Moto Three, you can't. Yeah. I do. Yeah. Also you're not close. Ask not being close. Look how yeah. they are. They exactly. Are... Yeah. But it's been. What's your take on it, Manuel? What What do you think? Look, as you said, I am completely with you on the opinion. They have to race, okay, and they have to race in these groups, but don't do risky maneuvers, mm -hmm. okay. Uh, break when you have to break. Don't try to outbreak these guys that are fighting for the championship. More three laps to the finish. There is no need. Mm -hmm. Okay, they can race there. Okay, if you have a clear overtake, you overtake. You are racing. Mm. But trying to push, uh, to, to force the things is completely unnecessary. And yeah. now Darren has, you know, he is now carrying a, cr a cross that... <laughs> And for mm -hmm. me, it's a shame because he's a nice guy, such a nice mm -hmm. guy. I think he has talent to ride the bike, but he should have reflected more in the situation he yeah. was in. Yeah. But if but it this, wasn't, this, this sort of thing can kill your career. And yeah. that's what's horrible because we've spoken about all this before. I mean, we've seen Zarco take people out. We've seen other people do stupid things and make mistakes. It's never intentional. And I know there was comments that, you know, oh, Darren Binder ruined the whole season for Foggia, but really there's been however many, 20, whatever He's races upset, where he could have yeah. he could have got extra points and he would have won anyway. Like there's, you can't sit there and say this yeah. one incident has stuffed up their whole season or, well, I don't know, they've been really. And you know that, you know that after the race, uh, Darren went to the garage. Went straight there oh, to apologise. Yep. And those fiery yeah. Italians, they just went. Mm -hmm. The Italians, uh, the Italians. Look, uh, again, these things have to be solved among the riders, you know? Mm. Yeah. What the hell are these idiots trying to get the protagonist of this situation? Yeah. But I've even seen, is it other journalists have been getting death threats from people in South Africa and stuff like, people really? are just going, yeah, people are just going. We've seen this similar thing how many times? Yeah. People, people get over emotional about these things. Like realistically, you know, we, we all we all do. Mm. You know, we 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 love the sport, and we and we have favourites and people we don't like, and mm. that, that sort of thing. You know, and when our favourite is is affected by by something, then then yeah, we 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 don't like that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I don't think he he did the right. Or he you know, I and do he think admits he did that. The right it's thing. not like he's saying yes, he admits he, yeah. that. That's fine. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I I I just don't think he's ready for MotoGP. I think he he needs to take a serious look at himself. I think I hope he can. I hope he can really have a think about it in the off season and come back next year in MotoGP as a different person. If that if he can, then fantastic. Good on him. If he learns from it. Awesome. But look, uh, next week, this same day, we are recording this on uh, Wednesday. Mm -hmm. Next week, uh, Darwin will be uh, for the first time on the MotoGP. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. In Jerez. Mm -hmm. And I and I will see how many be there, people he can take out. And I will be there. <laughs> don't go, don't get too near the track. He might yeah, take you out. <laughs> Uh, uh, so we will see, but uh, I imagine that at the end this will be forgotten, and they don't yeah. because I hope so. But I, I imagine he so. will have a terrible pressure. A imagine his pressure in MotoGP because there he knows that he will be with a guy called Bagnaia, yeah. with yeah. a guy called Mir, with yeah. a guy called Jack Miller. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm yes. sure. 
I'm sure that Jack would take him under his wing, you know, because Jack is is Jack. He's different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if he takes but, Jack out, Jack will take him around the back. <laughs> he is Aussie for the good and for the bad. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And all the best. Of That's exactly right, indeed. And, and the one who will complain more are the prima donnas from Italy and Spain. Yes, <laughs> indeed, indeed. So, so here, so here we are. We've we've got two out of the three championships decided. Uh, we're we're that close to getting the other championship decided this weekend um in valencia are you going to the to the race manuel or are you going to watch from home sorry of course you're going to the race so do you think that after you say it come on after 17 races valentino rossi's last race ever i know know. i'm going going to stay the number 18 at home just watching yeah i'll just stay at home i'm going even for the test to have it so (laughs) yeah I'm and so then, jealous. Then after that, yes. Then after that, I switch off, I guess. For a but while. no, I am looking forward this weekend. At the end, the only important thing is Remy finishing uh, mathematically his, mm-hmm. his championship mm-hmm. and then seeing Valentino in his very... Because uh, we have had Valentino's last race five or six times so far. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep, yep. The last, right. last you know, race. proper proper last race. You know that all the flights from Italy are mega. O sea, the Ital- the Italians will uh, invade yeah. Valencia this yep. weekend. They will. They he will seems invade. like he's pretty chilled. Like he doesn't. I know you said it's going to be emotional, Manuel. Regardless, but he seems like he's really made peace with it all, and he's just yeah. No, in in the he has. In Misano, where he had this big uh, fiesta, no, call it fiesta. Yeah, he was pretty calm. Hmm. But I can imagine that Valencia may be different because it's his very last race in hmm. Misano. He knew that he had another two or three races to go, but no, in Valencia it will be fuck. Are we going to see anything special? Yeah, for sure. I look if you see the the poster of the Valencia Grand Prix that is just why one guy on the post. Okay. Uh-huh. Yep. Rossi's last He's race. not even Spanish and he's not even Spanish. <laughs> and, he, yeah. and you know, in Valencia, they are the master of the fireworks in Europe. Oh, of course. oh brilliant. Oh, it's going to be crazy. You video, you have to imagine. You have to take some videos with the phone. I've noticed that F1, okay. they have all sorts of flashy fireworks and stuff. And Moto, I was like, why has MotoGP not got the fireworks? No, no, yeah. you will see Valencia. Valencia, okay. they are famous uh, European-wise uh, because yep. they are the master of, how do you say, powder, no? Powder. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Gun powder. The gunpowder. Yeah. Yeah. Did boom, you see boom. it in Portugal last week? Because they had the red flag. Oh, yes. Everything, <laughs> everything sort of slowed down and everyone, oh, yeah, we've stopped. And they went back into the pits. And they started all filtering back in. And then about 30 seconds later, because they tried to do the same thing about, they were clearly going to have the fireworks go off as the winner went down the main straight. And then everyone sort of went into the pits and and somebody went, um... Shit, press the button. Oh, well, you press the button. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I didn't see that. Yes, yes. Loser. It was funny. (laughs) Hey, you don't want to waste it. Didn't want to waste it. Yeah, exactly. They cost us 400,000, what's the currency? Euros over there. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We've done... Yeah. And you, you know that Valencia circuit is like a stadium. 
Yes, you know? it's like a bowl. The yeah. grandstands surround here in the uh, stadium and the, everything mm -hmm. happens here. So from each point of the grandstand, you can see 80% of the track. Yep. And with that big grandstand, there is a lot of echo. Yep. Oh, you wow. Know? The sound. So when they start, uh, when they blew off yep. these, mm -hmm. uh, these fireworks, uh -huh. it will be like Vietnam. I mean, wow. yeah, it will. <laughs> People are going to be having flashbacks. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Crazy. Very okay. Cool. Um, okay, guys. Manuel, have a have an amazing week. Really enjoy I this will. weekend. Uh, I'm so jealous that you get to go there and see see Valet's last race. See, fingers crossed, Remy win a world championship. Um, enjoy it. Please take lots of photos. Share it with us, and we'll come back next week and we'll uh, and we'll and we'll review the season next week. Very good. Very good. good. I will enjoy. I will have fun. And basically what happens on the track doesn't matter too much to me. It will be the after. The after. Yes. The Absolutely. Get the work done. Exactly. Um, so not, right. as it, not as exciting as that, Manuel. Um, I have to just tell everyone, we've got the Australian Superbike final round happening here in Adelaide where I live in, what is it, Stu? Two weeks. Three, three weeks. weeks. Three weeks. Stu is flying over here for the weekend. I get to go Ooh. to Adelaide. Yep. So Stu and I are going to be out at the track. I think there's rumours that J that Jack Miller's going to be here and we'll be riding in the competition on a Ducati. Yeah, exactly, yep. Um, so, yeah, everyone keep an eye on social media for God knows what's going to happen that weekend. But Stu and I are staying right near the track for the whole gonna weekend. going to be awesome. <laughs> one, we'll question, get... one question. Is Troy Bailey's son racing the Australian? Ollie. Yes, yeah. Ollie, Ollie's yep. racing. Oh, yep. and how mm -hmm. is he doing? Good. He's, he's just well. been signed to some kind of super bikes. Uh, like... World Supersport. Next year, he's going to World Supersport. But he's racing actually super bikes. But he's racing in Aussie super bikes this year, yeah. And how is his position in the championship? Uh, this is what counts. Oh, oh, I don't know. Let me, let me well, check. But you, you, guys, you guys keep talking. Is he, I'll check. is he challenging the championship or not? No, See, I don't there, think he is. there hasn't the last four, three, four rounds have been cancelled because of COVID. They haven't happened. Yeah. So they've made the decision to have this final round, which I think it, it's a, been a very messy season. I don't think they've had many races at all because we weren't allowed to travel in between the states. So it's a bit of a mess. Yeah, it's been it's been more of a demo sort of a year rather than uh -huh. a, a really competitive year. And probably uh, they will do more than one race that, uh, the weekend, no? Probably. Yes, probably yeah, sure. yeah yes. exactly. Yeah. Yep, definitely. Ollie Bayless is fifth. In the uh, in the uh, Aussie Superbikes, so and who yeah. is leading? Who is leading? So Wayne Wayne Maxwell is leading. You've probably never heard of him. Troy Herfoss. Which bike? Which bike? Which bike? of course. Ducati. Yeah. Uh -huh. You got Troy Herfoss on a CBR thousand. Glenn Allerton on a BMW, uh, uh, and then yep, Crew Halliday on a on a Yamaha, and then Ollie Bayliss on a Ducati. Wow! So it's a big mixer. BMW, it's, Honda, mm -hmm. Yamaha. But and there is no Kawasaki who is leading the champion. That's yeah, that's sixth. So behind Ollie Bayless is Brian Starring. He's on the he's the top Kawasaki guy. And then Mad Mike Jones, who uh, he's he's my personal favorite. Mad Mike. Mad Mike because yeah. of the name. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Mad Mike Jones. <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay, All right, guys. Look, awesome. It's been absolutely incredible again, as always, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you get out, watch some racing if you can. Make sure you hit the notification bell, like, subscribe, tell all your friends about it and get and see Rossi's last race this weekend. And we'll see you again next week on the Casino Report. Bye. Bye. Bye.